Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy. Hey everyone, it's Charlotte Jonesy here, the women's coach. Welcome to the Unfiltered Life Podcast. On this show, I'll be sharing the highs and lows of life with helpful hints, tips, and experiences. I want to inspire you to step outside of your comfort zone, to turn your pain into purpose, and create your own version of success. As a life coach, mindset mentor, and mum, I am passionate about helping women through life's challenges. My guests and I will get uncomfortable so that you can feel comfortable bringing you a real, honest and unfiltered view. On average, women are actually spinning about 10 plates. Yeah. Like if I said to you, okay, Ella, how many plates are you spinning? And you said, okay, um, I've got my family, I'm a mum, I've got my job, I've got my partner, I've got, I don't know, you're studying, like as an example. And then I went, okay, that's 10 plates that you're spinning right now. Go into the kitchen, get 10 plates out of the cupboard, go and spin them. What's going to happen? Like they're all going to smash on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, they're all going to crash. Because that's literally what we're trying to do. So I think you feel guilty for not doing certain things. This is the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy. Hi, everyone. So I've got Ella, also known as the crazy new mama on the show today. She is honestly one of the most funniest mums that I've come across on social media. And she just creates the most amazing parenting reels, which is why I love her so much. But there is also a deeper topic that Ella is quite passionate about. Um, and that is domestic violence. This is something I haven't discussed on my platform yet. Um, It's also something we haven't discussed on the podcast, which is why I wanted to have a really open, honest conversation with Ella about it, who has experienced this. So just a trigger warning for anyone here who has been through domestic violence, please listen with caution or just don't listen if it's triggering at all. So welcome to the show, Ella. Hello. That was lovely. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? Uh, Good, good, good. I'm actually, I've got so much energy. I'm also like you. I mean, just before we started recording, Ella was saying how she had a night to herself without her two children. (laughs) And I'm, I had some sleep (laughs) last night. So I've got so much energy. (laughs) Oh, don't. It's literally bliss, isn't it? Like it was, it's the first time since Freddie was born, he's seven months that I've actually had him not be here. And it was just, I love him to death, but it was heaven. I had the best sleep ever. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Listen. Like, and, and just, I guess when they're not there as well, you can actually relax a little bit knowing that they're safe with someone else. You can yeah. actually feel like, oh, okay, I can actually sleep because you don't quite go into a proper deep sleep, I don't think, when they're when they're around, <laughs> when they're in the next bedroom. No, it's so true. Like when they're in, like, and they was both at my mum's and even my partner was at my mum's. So it was like... 
I, I literally could rest because like he was there as well as my mum so it was like double whammy <laughs> get me to bed <laughs> like it was so good but yeah I'm not going to rub it in because I know not a lot of people can do that so I was lucky that um I got to have that amazing like if I were you I would literally be in bed at like six o'clock <laughs> do you know what I didn't go to bed till 11 and then the whole time I was thinking what? why have I I know I was watching I watched like so many things that I wanted to watch <laughs> Like we went out, Matt and I were going for a date night last week for the first time in, well, 10 months. And we were like, should we just book into a hotel to go to sleep? Oh, don't. You should have. Did you do it? No, we actually went out for a drink, which was nice. But yeah. we were like, okay, we need to go home now because we're going to be too tired tomorrow. Oh, See, that's life. the thing. Like when you go out <laughs> drinking, like I've done it before, I get well carried away and then literally like I get it I go to bed at like two or three in the morning I'm like why did I do that why like before I've even gone to sleep I'm like yeah, why yeah you regret the whole thing don't you <laughs> oh I regret it every time but I never learn <laughs> <laughs> I mean this is one of the things I love about you and what you do on social media which is you're just so honest about motherhood and there's something that you've hosted about was actually being responsible for feeding your kids for the next 16 years and you said that was roughly around 35,000 meals and that honestly hit me hard because I genuinely hate weaning at the best of times so I just want to know from your perspective like how do you get on with weaning and does it get easier as they become a toddler? So I would say I've got two kids so with Maya I was actually really excited to wean it was like the new the next level and yeah I was really excited I done a weaning course I'll just mention because I found it so helpful it's called the happy tums course it was so good like I literally promote it to everyone they taught me baby led purees everything anyway I done that so with Maya I was prepared and I was excited um so I didn't find Maya's one too bad like the food shop I'd buy all different ingredients like I was bang on it this time around though oh my god like I have dreaded it from the day he was born like the lead up I've been like oh I'm gonna have to start weaning like I don't know why it's been such a chore this time but it really has and it sounds awful as well like with Maya she had like the best nutritional start in the first year like I can literally tell you she had like no chocolate nothing this time around I'm literally just like oh we can have that oh we can have a little bit of that like it's such a different experience and I know and like Maya's such a good eater so I know it's going to bite me in the ass because I feel like Freddie's going to be like end up being really fussy because I've not put in so much effort I could be wrong um but in my head I'm thinking I'm not going to be putting in that much effort this time like the pouches I've used a lot more already whereas with her was a lot more home cooked but then I also think like I've got two kids now like it's hard like you have to cook dinner for yourself like meals throughout the day for your kids and then there's sometimes your partner as well if they're not if they're at work and stuff so to do four separate meals it's just too much so now it's either a pouch for Freddie which is just making my life easier or it's doing the same as what Maya's getting um so like pasta things like that but like if you said that to like someone that's starting weaning for the first time, they'd probably be horrified, like, oh, you're poisoning your child. <laughs> Whereas I'm just like, I need an easy life now. <laughs> but no, I feel you though. Weaning is, it's, it's definitely been harder the second time round. And it's been, it's, it's a chore. I feel like it's a chore. Like, it's not that fun. Like, 
and but then I found it fun with my eyes. Weird, but this time I find it a massive chore, like huge. I'd rather just <laughs> yeah. breastfeeding to be honest. It's just easier. Like, can they just live on that flight forever? <laughs> I mean, how how do we fall in love with weaning? Because there are mums that I speak to that really enjoy it, but I just think, are they the mums that just enjoy cooking? Because I actually don't enjoy cooking that much. I'm quite slapdash quick, whatever's the easiest yeah. type of person. Are you like that or yeah. do you like cooking? I would say like slapdash definitely. Like, for example, we get HelloFresh and I always pick the 20-minute meals because... I can't be standing there for 45 minutes cooking dinner. It's just even 20 minutes is a lot standing there. Like I'd rather just shove an up, like a chicken in the oven and done, like walk away. I think to try and enjoy weaning more, you're probably better off to batch cook maybe so that you're not doing so much, but then it's getting the energy to batch cook. So it's like a vicious cycle but there's like so many Instagram accounts. I was literally looking at one before we come on um, and – they do like quick, easy recipes, like little muffins, like sweet and savoury egg ones so that you can batch cook them and then you can just give them over like the, last, the next couple of days. I think that's probably the way to enjoy it more so that it's not so much pressure every meal to cook something. That's what it is, isn't it? It's like the pressure of having to do it three times yeah. a day and snacks. Like it's it's yeah. a lot. Oh, and I've only just, well snacks are like now becoming a thing because he's actually getting more hungry yeah and I just I mean I posted yesterday on Instagram actually just to say can you give me snack ideas but then do they do they just eat snacks as and when like whenever they want or is there times that you should like I'm still at that stage where I'm like who tells you this stuff like I didn't even know that I had to drop a nap until I spoke to a sleep expert the other day (laughs) he was still doing three naps a day no wonder why he was like never going to bed (laughs) it's this thing of like you just have to figure it all out and it's only when you really speak to either other mums or experts or lucky we have social media to actually share this stuff because to actually know what you're meant to do I just I don't know do you find this that you has it got easier to know what to do with a second like I feel like it's easier definitely like with all aspects of parenthood like breastfeeding was so much easier this time around within the reference of it me knowing what to do it wasn't easier as such but with the reference just the anxiety has been a lot better this time like I wasn't up as much in the night checking he was alive Um, whereas with Maya it was constant for the first few weeks definitely um just I personally think yeah second time round is you're a lot more confident in your decisions so the fact that I've been giving Freddie pouches like I feel more confident that something bad's not going to happen or formula, for example. With Maya, I was so scared to give formula. She didn't get any till she was nearly one. I think she was about 11 months, um, just because I had it drummed into me, like, I have to just breastfeed, I have to just breastfeed. Whereas with Freddie, I think he had formula at, like, seven weeks or eight weeks. Um, whereas if I looked at myself back then, I would have been like, oh, what are you doing? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just because of everything that you hear... And like, like my mum was very pro breastfeeding and like formula. She was like, "Oh, well, he doesn't need to have that. Like, she doesn't need to have that." Whereas this time round, even she's been more relaxed. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just yeah, it's just a lot easier second time round with your own confidence. I would say. Yeah, 
And uh, yeah, I guess you have more confidence because you know what's coming. But then at the same time, I guess that each child is different, right? Yeah. And they have their own different challenges. Yeah, I'd say easier with your confidence. It doesn't mean the child's easier. So like, <laughs> that's the <laughs> the link that might not be the same. You feel better and easier, but then you've also got a toddler with a baby and yeah. that's where it's hard. Do you know what I mean? It's like... If only yeah. we had that confidence first time round, it would be so much easier, but you just don't do it because it's your first time. Yeah, and speaking of confidence, actually, because that's something you show up online, you know, sharing body confidence and like your postpartum body. Would you say you've got more confidence now that you've had two? Like, how did you feel after your first versus how you feel now? I would actually say I was quite lucky in how I felt. From the moment I got pregnant with Maya, I actually loved my bump and I think it's because I've always been not always I was really slim when I was younger but the few years before I had Maya I was a little bit on like the bigger side as such to me and then I had a bump and I had a reason to have a belly and I know that sounds really silly but it was like I actually wore like tight dresses things like that and I like I just loved it and then when Maya was born, it went into the winter. So like my postpartum body was covered with jumpers, which I found was a lot easier than if it was going to be the summertime. So that definitely helped me. And then by the time the summertime did come round, um, I felt better in my skin. I just found a new lease of confidence when I had kids and I like with my body. And I don't really know why. I think it's because... I don't I think it's because one I was in awe at what my body done and two I followed the right people on social media that then gave me the feeling of hang on a minute okay I look different this isn't the same I've got a pouch from my c-section but I am amazing and it's like I, I I was lucky I followed the right influences because I've the last few years I've not really been into the accounts that are very not fake but a very polished that's the word um I've not really been into them so I was lucky I wasn't looking at the polished accounts I was looking at the more raw real ones which then made me feel better in myself um because yeah social media is amazing but it can you can compare yourself quite easily to people that are in similar situations with all aspects of life really yeah, absolutely. I mean, comparison is oh, the killer of a lot of things, really. But it's nice to hear that you've, you know, you found confidence after having babies, because that actually, I hear that quite a lot from women, which they've, I, I feel like you do have a newfound respect for your body and what it's actually gone through. You see it in a different way, don't you? You see it more holistically and you focus on actually what it's done versus like, what it just looks like which you focus on probably more in your teenager years and during your 20s but when you become a mum it's like oh my god you've seen it grow develop into different shape and size in fact and actually during pregnancy that's something I struggled with actually growing so big yeah and I was quite big because I'm quite short I'm like five foot one so to have like a big belly was I had to really adapt to that and not to be able to fit into quite a lot of my clothes and adapt 
to that and a lot of pregnant women go through that don't they but so I think yeah yeah a lot of my friends did yeah a lot of the transformation uh, or body acceptance starts from when you when you're first pregnant really doesn't it yeah and I think like even today I had someone message me saying like she's pregnant she was like if you breastfeed oh your boobs gonna become saggy like things like that obviously go through your head when you're pregnant um I feel like they're going to be saggy anyway, regardless. But, but like, they'll yeah, be saggy when yeah. you're eighty. So just it's going to happen one difference? day. <laughs> but yeah, but just be like, yeah, yeah, they will. But you do, you do. When you're pregnant, you're just like, you do worry about what you're going to look like after, and that's obviously what was going through her head at that moment in time. And she's not even had the baby yet, so you yeah. you definitely do. It's like your whole body's changing, and it's it's a bit scary, but if you can and that's not not everyone can but if you can try and learn to love the new body then you're on a win-win situation amazing actually just speaking of people on Instagram because I put a question box up to ask anyone if they want to ask you a question so actually um Danny Poynton asked about your pooing on Honest Mum's Live last night. Can you elaborate what the hell that means? <laughs> so Lauren from the Honest Mum, she does like lives where she raffles, not raffles, you can win a prize and she gives the money that she raises to charity. She's like really charity based. It's, oh, yeah, wow. she's really good. And last night, so you have to request to join. She's like one of my friends on here, so you're requested to join. I've been on there for like 10 minutes. Like it's like an hour long. I've needed to have a shit. So I went and had a shit. And then they accepted my request while I was mid pooing. And I was literally like, no, no, what do I do? So I just sat there and she came on and she was like, you in the toilet? And I was like, yeah, I'm just on the toilet. <laughs> and then her partner was like, number one or two. But then I made it so obvious because I was like, oh, I'm not answering that. Which was like, if you was having a wee, you'd just say I'm having a wee. And then, yeah, it was just... I don't get embarrassed often and I actually felt myself going a little bit red because I was so like funny. oh this is so awkward <laughs> but then everyone poos you know what I mean like it's 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 natural <laughs> Ella everyone poos and, I, and I'm the first to admit like I love a poo chat but no one no one poos on <laughs> on live Instagram <laughs> well I would say that I did hold the rest of it in like I wasn't actively pooing while being spoken to like hang on a minute straining like it wasn't like that I did stop <laughs> well I'm glad about but, that yeah. <laughs> Imagine that'd be so bad. Oh, I wish I saw it. But no, now. thank you. Thanks so much for bringing that up in the questions. That's lovely. You are so kind. I know. I literally saw that one. I was like, right, I need to ask her at some point how I fit that in or what the hell that is about. Oh, you're so, so kind. Thank you. Oh, it's so funny. Um, actually, and then just moving on to someone else uh, who's asked, this is Maisie Moore. She said, children age gaps opinions on when to go for number two. Oh, i think that's very personal isn't it like to what you want um i would say the difference probably is the closer age gaps it's a lot harder well i feel like they're all going to be hard but it's probably a little bit more intense early on but hopefully they should be quite close when they're older i think that's why people do it but then i'm one of four and so so there's an eight year gap between me and the youngest Eden and we've always been pretty close so I feel like 
it's not always the case. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So you can have a bigger age gap and they'll be just as close as if there was like two years apart, 18 months apart. I think it just depends on the person, like the child, really. I didn't find it too bad to start off with. And then like a few months down the line, I found it quite difficult, like the age gap. And I find it quite difficult now because now Maya's become very jealous. Like she bit Freddie's finger yesterday and like, yeah, so she's she's never been like that. But the last few weeks, she's been quite, like, physical with her jealousy instead of it more being, like, moaning and stuff. But, yeah, I think someone to tell you when to have an age gap, it's very personal. You've just got to go by your own circumstances and whether you you feel like you're ready as such and your partner as well, that you're both on the same wavelength. Yeah. Because I feel like with kids, you've got to be on the same wavelength, otherwise there'll be resentment. Oh, God, you towards definitely, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, very personal, but it's not too bad. <laughs> the two year age gap. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you deal with a baby and toddler? Like, honestly, how do you manage it? I would literally say that I wing it every day. I may have days where I feel like I'll plan stuff. So, I'll be like, okay, what we'll do, we will have Maya, she can do like an hour of colouring, and I'll print off some sketches off of the internet that she can colour in like stencils whatever they're called um and then other days I literally get up make myself a coffee sit down and just sit there for like an hour and a half while she plays and I just have Freddie like sat next to me like I don't think I I wouldn't really just like I describe people that have their like shit together as such I call them like Pinterest mums like not labeling them but like as in like they're very like (laughs) hands-on active whereas I'm more Amazon Prime like I will (laughs) I will do something for like half an hour and then we both end up getting bored and I'm just like okay shall we um, go back to putting the telly on and have a little chill out time (laughs) like that's my kind of parenting I just go with what the flow is I try not to put too much pressure on it but having two it's just I don't know I don't really have advice for it it's just you've just got to go with how the day's gonna go and hopefully it'll be a good day as such do you know what I mean is is it what you imagined it to be like or is it completely different yeah no I would say it's what I imagined it to be like I wasn't oblivious when I got pregnant with Freddie that it was I didn't think it was gonna be easy and there's like some amazing moments like when Fred like Freddie tends to wake up earlier than Maya but he'll have a nap in my bed and then Maya wakes up so then when she gets up she's like where's Freddie gone and then when he wakes up and she hears him after naps and stuff like she'll run in there and she's like Freddie's awake Freddie's awake like things like that like it makes it all worth it but it's just I think it's the sleep though if you're sleep deprived it just makes it so much harder and I think if I had better sleep I probably could manage my moods and our day a lot better than if I like than what I'm getting at the moment yeah what are you getting at the moment (laughs) so he's he's still like he's seven months he's still up like two three times a night Mm -hmm. which like doesn't sound too bad when they're a newborn but when they're seven months in you kind of want them to be a little bit longer really so yeah so it just makes it a bit harder and they share a room as well so like the anxieties of like him waking her up in the night normally we're okay but sometimes he wakes her up at the five o'clock feed because it's either she's waking up in a bit like for six it'll wake her up or we'll just manage to skim past it so he wakes her up a lot which then makes her miserable for the day 
because she's tired. So that's that's the that's the tricky part. It's it's always sleep, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I can imagine. Always sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, it f- affects so much, and actually, I think we're not really educated enough about sleep and the benefits and how to manage it, and well, how to man- manage the lack of sleep. I think that needs to be ch- yeah. chatted about more because because it's just kind of like, well, you're not going to sleep. Like that's inevitable. That was the one yeah. thing, even when I was pregnant, like that people would say to me is like, oh, get ready for no sleep. Like, okay, yeah, but get your sleep in there. Yeah, but then how do we actually manage and cope? Because it's it can cause so many mental health problems when you don't get enough sleep. It can cause yeah. resentment, aggravation, anger. Like, you know, there is postpartum rage as well. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, as as much as that's hormone related, it could also be that you are literally in so much lack of sleep oh, yeah. that you just need to rest. Yeah. Um, and that there's a lot of women that don't have support from their partners because their partners are working. So it's it's down to you to do the, the night feed. So you're the one that's really lacking. Yeah. Anyway, let's mo- let's move on to breastfeeding because you mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, and I just want you to share kind of your honest thoughts. You shared something on Instagram not that long ago, which was about your breastfeeding, like you know, looking like you're confident from the outside, but actually internally, your thought process when you're breastfeeding in public can you share that with us yep so basically it was it was a real when I was sitting breastfeeding it was basically just saying that you probably when you look at someone breastfeeding in public you think they're really confident because they do have their breasts on show when actually it's not always the case like I am this is the second time around obviously I'm a lot more confident now if anyone said anything to me I'd literally just tell them to f off like I feel like I've got the confidence that side of things but I do still get thoughts through my head while I'm doing it so like where was we the other day oh I was at Apple store the other day and Freddie was crying and I needed to feed him and I had a male like person attending to me and like in my head I was thinking oh no I'm not gonna do it here it's just awkward it's just awkward like in my head I'm thinking it's awkward Freddie's crying a lady comes over and she was really lovely she was like oh he's so cute um and then I said to him, oh, yeah, he needs to be fed, but I'll wait until we finish. I think we're nearly finished. And she was like, oh, you can just breastfeed him here. It's not a problem. And then that then gave me a bit more confidence. And I was like, okay, I will do it here then. And then it was all fine. And it probably would have been fine. But in my head, I was thinking, because it's a man, it's going to make him feel awkward. He's not going to really make eye contact. And it's going to make like like our little session like with my phone awkward. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm literally making, like not making Freddie cry, but I'm like trying to put off him screaming, like trying to make him laugh where I felt awkward, where it probably was never going to be awkward. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And like with me as well, like I have quite a fast letdown. So like my milk comes out quite fast and a lot of the time Freddie will unlatch and he will, or he's at that age now where he's distracted. So he looks around and then I always think, oh, please don't do it, please don't do it, because like my milk goes everywhere and it's embarrassing. Like I find it embarrassing. Like, and I'm like, oh, please don't do it. Like, so in my head, I'm literally thinking, okay, don't do it, don't do it. And then I also tend to look around at people as well to see one if people are acknowledging what I'm doing. Because sometimes people like give you like a little smirk, a little smile. Do you know what I mean? Like say, oh, well done. Um, <laughs> and also the opposite, I'm like looking around to see if anyone's actually getting the ump or like feel yeah. awkward, which. 
actually, to be fair, with this time round, I don't think I've had anything really negative looking wise. I can't actually think off the top of my head. Whereas it was more with Maya, probably because I was more anxious that I felt like people were looking for the wrong reasons. Um, but yeah, it's it's just sad, isn't it, that you still it's still controversial sometimes. Not yeah. to everyone, but it is still a controversial subject. And then people say like like with the breastfeeding week, they're like, but why why should they have a week where they celebrate? Some people can't do it and it's heartbreaking for them. Like one of my friends is going through that now and she just finds it absolutely heartbreaking that it never works out and she f- hates, like doesn't hate, but she it finds it hard to see other people breastfeed. Um, so I do get it. But then at the same time, it is so hard. Like, mm. so to be able to do it, it's not like a, oh, look at me, I'm able to breastfeed. It's more like, look at what I've had to sacrifice to do it. Like, for one, my sleep. Like, he's a breastfed baby. He doesn't sleep well. He could have done it with formula, but normally nine times out of ten is the breast milk because it's not very fatty. Like, they just kind of, after a few hours, they're hungry again. The physical side of it, which, like, is actual pain, like the mastitis, the cracked nipples, all of that. So I just feel like... Yeah, for something that's so hard, some people like shun on it and also think that it shouldn't be something to celebrate it about, like when it should be really, because it's so bloody hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think. But it's very controversial, isn't it? Like, you can't say the right thing. No, you can't say the right thing if you're talking about breastfeeding or formula feeding or combi feeding. Mm. It's like everyone's got such a strong, I mean, I say everyone, but there's a lot of people that have strong opinions about what you should feed your baby and obviously the recommended advice is for you to breastfeed your baby but like you said there's people that really struggle um whether it's they've had a premature baby whether they like you said like had actual pain cracked nipples which is really hard to push through when you're um especially sleep deprived it can have a real impact on your mental health like getting up every two hours to feed them there's so many reasons isn't there and I'm still it's amazing how people are still so opinionated or cancel you online for having your own opinion about it yeah it's like okay why can't we just respect each other's opinions like that's your opinion and that's what you wanted to do or maybe that's the way you've been taught and that's your belief and this is my belief and this is how it's going to work for me you do you I'll do me but there isn't that culture in the mum space is there it is quite it's either you're on one camp or you're on another camp that's kind of how it is isn't it yeah it is it is and I just think it's like there's one, okay, everyone can have an opinion, like, but there's one way of having an opinion and just saying what you want to say nicely. Then the rude side, it's the rude side that, like, where they think their opinion's the only one that matters. That's when there's a problem. Like, I don't care if my friends formula feed, breastfeed, like, I literally don't care not in a horrible way but as in like you do whatever you've got to do for that family like for your family like whatever works but it's the people like even with my breastfeeding like there'll be people that shun that the fact that I formula feed as well do you know what I mean so Freddie has a formula bottle before bed and people will be like I can't believe she's done that like and that's like just ridiculous (laughs) do you know what I mean like you literally can't win like it's just it's just silly and I just wish people would 
I think everyone should share their opinions. I don't think people should keep it to themselves, but they should just do it tactily and nicely. Like they, it shouldn't be my opinion's the only opinion that matters because it's not everyone's opinion matters as long as it's not like harm harmful yeah and yeah I think as well people have forgotten the whole point in social media it's actually to create community it's to be social that's the whole point in it but actually now it's become this platform that people decide that they have it's their opinion their opinion only or they cancel you for doing something and it instead of being open-minded but then you can't really necessarily change their like their closed mindset if that's the way that they are I mean what are you we were kind of talking about moaning you know like in parenting and you moan about kind of the the tough times we just generally do because and we share it online and actually it helps us relate to each other more and it helps us to to not feel like we're alone and that's probably what we both do online and it and it helps so yeah I just want to know from your opinion like where do we draw the line with like moaning versus you know being blessed for our babies as well because there's someone that contacted me the other day and was like I just find it really off-putting when parents just moan about you know their babies and it's like yeah but we're sharing the reality of it yeah so what's your, where do you stand on it? Yeah, I think it's a hard one. It depends on who's getting upset. So I have a friend on Instagram who's just lost her second baby. And so she, and she's lost about seven in total. And it must be absolutely horrific for her. She's never said it and she still watches all my stories and I, and I moan and stuff, but it must be hard for her to see me moan sometimes and just think that's all I want. Like, and I do like, that is in the back of my head sometimes. I like to think that if that was the case, they would unfollow me, like not as in a rude way, but I would never want to upset someone that much, like, and then not have to say anything and feel like they've got to follow. I'd rather them unfollow and... Do you know what I mean? Like, and make it more positive place for themselves because it must be so, so hard. I really feel for these women. But on the side of sharing reality, I just think it needs to be done because the amount of messages that I get that people reply and say, this is how I'm feeling today or I'm so happy you've said this and, like, normalised it because I feel so bad sometimes for feeling it, that is one helping other people and two it really helps me like and in a selfish way that's kind of my therapy sometimes because it makes me feel okay I'm not going mad this is normal and all of these people have said it's normal and they feel the same so that is going to help me a lot and I just think like as long as it's not constantly sharing the negative as long as you've got the happy in between it's just real life like life is so up and down no matter what you do, it's always up and down. It's never perfect all the time. And as long as you've got like a good balance, like if you have a few days where it's just been really shit and it's just been really negative, I tend to put like a little post on that. I'm sorry it's been so negative. Here's a really cute picture of the kids or here's this lovely moment we had and vice versa. If it's been really positive for a few days, I'm like, yeah. oh, by the way, this happened earlier, just so you don't think my life's all put together like it looks like it is at the moment. It is a fine line, but I just think it's not really harming anyone. It might make someone feel nervous if they're going to have a child. But in my head, surely you'd rather know what might happen than 
not know and then it happened and think something's wrong or you're doing something wrong like that's just the way that I view life I'd rather know that something like how to deal with it if it's going to get bad than be so shocked with something that's bad that's happening do you, do you know what I mean yeah absolutely it is a hard line though yeah okay We're just going to take a quick ad break, but in the next section of the podcast, we are going to be discussing domestic violence. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line okay so moving on you're passionate about domestic violence I actually watched your video Ella um that you posted on yeah. Facebook of your story um but can you share with us yeah that's fine what happened so basically when I was 17 I met someone and it was quite like a whirlwind. It all happened quite quickly and I had like, he was very charming and what's the word I'm trying to think of? He kind of, he didn't shower me with gifts, that's wrong, but he showered me with compliments. But like, I look back now and it was quite a lot. But in the moment I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, this guy's amazing. He's so nice. He's like making me feel really good. And I'm 17 it wasn't till I went on holiday that year in Gran Canaria and it was all fine leading up to this. Oh, I need to add as well. Sorry, going backwards. His ex-girlfriend contacted me and said that he he was abusive to her and he laughed and was like, oh, she's a crazy ex. Ignore, like, she's a crazy ex. She's just trying for me to get back with her and I believed him. And I think I even like, said something horrible to her. Anyway, that Christmas, I go away every year with my family to Gran Canaria and we went away and I kissed someone while we was away. So yeah, 100% in the wrong, I was, but then I was 17, like I kissed someone, shouldn't have done it, but it's life, I guess. And when I come back, I, so old, so like long ago now, when I come back, I left my Facebook open and I think the guy that I kissed, like he's one of my friends, it was just like a little kiss and I, I said to him, oh, don't say anything because he'll, he'll go mad at me and he see it. So you can imagine the uproar that come from that but that was his that was the perfect thing that could have happened to him because then he had control over my guilt and from that moment was when it all just went downhill so I was with him for a year in total and it started off very like it was emotional abuse to start with and then it started off really subtly so he would like poke me and I know that sounds stupid but he would poke me in anger then it would move on to like a push and then like you can imagine the punch strangle all of that and yeah it was just a horrific time in my life but because he'd done it so subtly I honestly didn't think anything bad was going on and I I literally didn't think yeah I I thought it was all normal because he was and he was telling me that it was my fault that it was happening because I kissed this guy So it was like, it was a year of physical abuse and also mental abuse. And I would say the mental abuse is what sticks with you after because it completely like gets rid of your self-esteem. So that's kind of like 
a summary of it. And then I finally found the strength to leave when it was, I think it was September. But yeah, it was just, it was like a year of hell, really. That's the only way I can describe it, like looking back now. But um, it's been 10 years, nearly 11 years since I left him. And I would say like the last two years has been the part where I can finally now talk about it majority of the time, not get upset and feel like I can help someone now. So it's actually had that impact on you since since then. Did you get therapy for it? Yes. So with therapy side, I had quite a lot in the early stages after. So I had a group one first, but that didn't help me at all because it made me feel less like I should be there. The reason for that is, is that it was a lot of older women, women that had like fled their partners, that had kids with them. And I was 17, remember? So I was like, I shouldn't be here. Like I'm 17 years old. These are all like 28, 34. Like I'm well too young to be here. Maybe it wasn't that bad in my head. Um, so that one, they was all lovely, but that didn't work for me. Um, I'd done a lot of, I think I had four courses over the next few years, which were like CBT based counselling, went back into my past and like why I was a victim. Because normally you become a, it's quite rare that a victim of domestic violence would be someone that's like, the word normal is so wrong. I'm trying to think of a better word, but had like, I'm going to use the word normal, but it's not right. It's not the right word, but like had like a normal background. They normally can tell that someone's vulnerable or someone's got issues. That's the word I'm looking for, I think. It's actually crazy to think that they they can tell when someone can be abused and they go, that they, they're kind of like predators. They kind of, they look out for that character, that characteristic, and they look out for it. And then when they're found it, they, I guess it's like, they're so like they're so happy that they found one but yeah the only therapy that actually worked for me was called EDMR and uh, which is to do with the eye movements and that's because I'm going through therapy now and uh, but that's for something different that's for postnatal rage and like just trying not to lose my shit with the kids bless them but yeah so when I spoke to them about that they said that that's really good for PTSD which is what I had because of the trauma so if there's anyone listening that is struggling with finding a counselling or therapy that's helping them, EDMR honestly was so good. And touch wood, since that moment about six years ago, I've not had to have any other therapy for it. And I feel like a lot better in myself. I also can vouch for that. I had the same as you for PTSD and it was the best thing that worked for me as well. So if it's so good, it's isn't amazing. It? Yeah, it does work. So yeah, I mean, thank you for being honestly so open and vulnerable because I know it's not an easy subject to talk about at all. And like my heart hurts for anyone that goes through domestic violence and for you, Ella, because it doesn't matter how old you are. It's the, and I completely understand the mental abuse. It can actually be longer lasting um, because you have to really then reprogram your mind because you have been... (laughs) You've been abused mentally, so you then form a belief system around what they have said, which is what you just come back to as in it, you you know, your confidence and your self-esteem is on the floor. I also understand I was with a narcissist um, who mentally abused, so, and he picked on the weaknesses, he saw the weakness 
and then he took that and ran with it. But a lot of the time abusers will bring you up and then bring you back down again, bring you up and bring you back down again because they know that when they pull on your weaknesses that they can get you back to where they want. What actually changed about you? Because just from my own experience, I completely become a shell of my own person and had to build myself from the bottom up again. What changed for you? Personality, um, physical, mental? Physical, I was really slim um, when I left him because the stress of being in the relationship, I lost a lot of weight. So that was like the physical aspects. But the main parts were mental, really. So I was really like, this is like the first few months I was really jumpy. I still get nightmares now. and But the nightmares were a lot more common back then. Um, I had no self-confidence. I was just like something, I'd, I'd feel good in myself. But then in the back of my head, I'd be thinking, oh, no, I'm this. Oh, no, I'm that. Because that's what he used to call me. Even though I'd look in the mirror and I actually think, oh, I actually look quite nice, like, I'm about to go clubbing for example this was years of like this was years in my head and then I'd think oh no I look disgusting I look fat I look like all of this stuff that you used to have control over but it was just like my personality I I kind of went raving a lot when I broke up with him so probably like a year after I went raving loads um you can imagine what you do at raves and that was like every weekend and that was kind of like my way of not having to deal with anything don't get me wrong I had a great time it was a brilliant summer as such because it was like being out all the time I'm like 18 it was great fun but really deep down people probably just looked at me and thought oh she's a bit wild but no actually I was just trying to cover up any feeling that I had towards being like, like any negative feelings that I had towards myself um it was just a really hard time and it just like if I didn't meet Tom like I do have to speak about Tom in this because he was literally my rock like we got together a year after I broke up with my ex and I was honestly I was like a mess like I remember I used to just randomly start crying because I felt so ugly like and Tom would literally like that that would make a man run a mile like they'd be like this woman is a nutter like that's what I used to like call myself like and he still does like joking he's like you was a nutter back then but he really really he gave me the confidence in that I was beautiful like it sounds really big-headed I'm not saying I'm beautiful but as in whoa, like whoa, whoa. you know like when they make you feel that way you <laughs> are hold up hold up why are you even saying that you're not See, it's got it's I'm doing it again. It's got to start from you. I know, and it's like he made like he he helped me feel that. Do you know what I mean? Like he was, he really got me through it. And I don't really tell him a lot because I don't want him to get a big head. But he did. He did help me a Just lot. Just send him like and... this clip and be yeah. like, listen to <laughs> yeah. seventeen minutes in or thirty minutes in, whatever it is. <laughs> Not... And I'm actually being nice about you. <laughs> But no, it's um. But then obviously you have to get over it yourself as well. You can't rely on someone to make you feel better. No. So it's just, it's just, it's just trying to get yourself back. It's it's so hard though. Like even now, like just then, like I do that thing where I go inwards and I'm like, oh no, but I'm not. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, even now, but I know a lot of women do that regardless. It's just kind of what women do, which we shouldn't. Yeah. Um, it's- but it's. 
yes it, it was it was really hard and I just feel like oh do you know what I've also done as well which is quite interesting um I can't really remember much of my childhood now and I don't really have a lot of memories because my mind mm-hmm. a way of coping with the memories that he gave me blocked everything yeah. out yeah so I lost a lot of memories which I kind of really fucking hate him for because people talk about things now like of what happened when we was young and I I literally can't remember I remember the weirdest things and that's like I don't remember any big events and that really pisses me off because I just think like and I still get a little bit of rage now because I think I still dream about stuff that happened and I and this is like I'm 29 this year and I was 17 back then like I still dream about stuff that happened I still um I still think about him sometimes but like why like why am I thinking about do you know what I mean like it's so long ago whereas it annoys me because I probably am never in his mind because he's now got someone else that he's doing it to like because I know that from a fact and it really like and I know it shouldn't but it really annoys me because I just think you've left me with all of these scars but you probably have no remorse or no like you've had no repercussions from it because I was too much of a like I was too scared to do anything about it, which I really hate. I wish I had the strength, but you don't always, do you? No, and you were really young as well. So give yourself a bit of compassion and a bit of loving yeah. kindness because at the age of 17, you don't really know what to do in situations like that. You're not really taught how to handle them. So you, you're having to, sounded like what you were doing was numbing the pain by going out raving and, you know, doing drugs or alcohol, whatever you were doing. And that's generally what happens when people um, are suffering and they're not able to actually deal with it head on. But you said you're in therapy now, right? Because it sounds like you need to go through that whole process of kind of lifting the lid on what you've blocked out for so many years and it will be painful and it will hurt a lot but it will be the best thing that you ever do because and it will be freeing once you do it because right now he still has what it sounds like a hold on you in your mind and the sooner that you do the work and the inner work and definitely inner child work it sounds like the the better you will feel the more free you will feel eventually and it's yeah. not an overnight a quick fix it will take time and sometimes you can't even see it happening and then there will just be a light bulb moment that it will just click and something changes but focus on you Ella as well as in focus on you know your personal development your yeah yourself your confidence as well just by what you just said I just want to bring it up because so many women do this and that's a prime example of how you create a belief system and how you put yourself down because the more and more you repeat things like that like and you gave credit to your partner for making you feel beautiful versus you for feeling beautiful. Once you start to take that responsibility and the control over you feeling beautiful and what does beautiful even mean? It doesn't mean beauty is in 
you know, aesthetically, you have to be a certain look. It's about who you are as an individual, what you bring to the world, how amazing and beautiful you are as a mother. You know, there's so much more that women need to think about. We need to think about beauty as in it's more holistic. It's about you as a person, not what you look like out on on the outside. And I think once you start stepping into your power and actually what you are and what you do for people as well, and I know you know this, so you just need to step into it rather than kind of shy away from it or just be like, like you said, oh, you know, he's made me feel beautiful. And I don't want to sound like a big head, but you're not. That's that's not having yeah. a big head, but we've been conditioned to believe that's, that's egotistical and it's not. It depends on what you think beauty is. Yeah. It's just interesting because I know that there'll be a lot of women that will relate to how you're feeling. Yeah. I just want to say this as a coach, you know, I'm not here to coach you at all, but I just want you to know that, there is definitely light at the end of the tunnel. You can overcome what you've been through and you will because you're such a strong person. Tell me five things right now that that are amazing about you. What makes you beautiful? Oh, God. Um, I would say, oh, my God, this is so awkward, isn't it? It's not. Um, I would why, say. Okay, t- <laughs> but you do feel awkward. But tell me why it's awkward. <laughs> I think it's because you don't want people to think that you think too much of yourself. It, it's just been conditioned in you from like child, doesn't it? It's like, it's just weird. But I would just say five things. I like to, I like to put myself out there to make people feel less alone as such. So kind of showing my insecurities to help them feel less insecure. So I guess it's like selflessness um I'm not always selfless I am a bit selfish sometimes but selflessness probably is quite high up there I like to think that I take time I guess it's just I guess it's more like the exterior side of things so like I like to help people and feel like I have helped them not just to be like oh I've just helped someone but like inward I feel like I've helped them five's a lot Charlotte you're not giving me a lot like five is a lot Five is not a lot. When you think about who you are, what you've done, what you've achieved, you've got two beautiful children, you've got an amazing partner, you that five is actually quite minimal. But (laughs) I've done that for a few years. That's that's quite an achievement. Um that's great. I would say (laughs) what would you say is yours? What would you say your five things are? I'm going to spin it back now. Hold up. You haven't even given me five five things first. I want those two before I tell you mine. Okay. No, um, don't even try and spin it yet. Um, my, <laughs> my other two would be, what do I find? Be- oh, my God. Why is it so hard? Like, literally, why is it so... I'm not even, like, trying to, like, dumb this down. This is actually really hard. Do you know why? Like, I'm struggling. Because this is where you haven't done the work. And I'm not saying you haven't done something. I'm just... I'm kind of opening you up to where you should take yourself or where... Or I invite you to to look at that, like, to have more confidence, self-compassion 
to be a bit kinder to yourself and the way you talk about yourself because what you say out loud is what your yeah. brain hears and that's your mindset. So we often forget, I think I put this on my stories last night, we often forget to celebrate our wins. We actually focus on everything that's going wrong or what's not happening or where you want to go but that I haven't got there yet or we're we're focusing on the future that hasn't even happened yet we forget to be present right here right now and actually go do you know what I'm actually a good person I actually do a lot for other people I I like to make other people feel good or like another one for me one of my biggest things is I'm proud of myself to where I've got to because I could have easily and this is no disrespect to anyone who lives in a council estate, but the where, where I grew up was not a very nice area. And I had, I didn't have much choice. I grew up in poverty. I didn't have many options, but I chose a path that was going to give me the life that I wanted. Yeah. So I'm proud of myself for getting to a point. But what's what's wrong in a woman going, I'm proud of myself for doing that? Someone said to me yesterday in my stories, how are you so confident with speaking? (laughs) (laughs) You should have seen me years ago trying to speak in front of audiences. Like I had to because of my job. Yeah. And it was a corporate job and I had to present. I hated it. But the more and more you practice something, the more you take action, the more you can create that confidence. I might still get nervous. Yeah. But it's just thinking of yourself in a different light like I think if you take responsibility and you and you own up or you just say right I'm going to step into my power and go yeah I'm okay with saying that out loud that doesn't mean that I'm egotistical and that doesn't mean that I love myself like in that way we all have our own insecurities but doesn't mean that you can't you can't accept yourself or have more confidence in yourself. Yeah. It's just women find it so difficult and I want us to get to to a different place where we're not seeing it from an aesthetic point of view. As we know, just speaking about postpartum bodies as an example, always focusing on the aesthetics. What about the internal stuff that goes on? Yeah, Like, you know, what happens to your vagina or you know the scar that you're left with or and stuff that can happen to that or you end up with IBS or you end up with other health conditions after birth there's so much more but we just focus so much on the aesthetic and it just drives me wild (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is and it is sad isn't it like literally I'm still trying to think of the other ones that I could say but that's just so sad that you like and I guarantee and I guarantee most women if you ask them that question it'd be rare that you'd find someone that answers all five like boom 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 that there'd be pauses in between and they'd be trying to think of something like oh, what else is good about me um but that's just sad that that's the society that we're living in at the moment and that's kind of I guess that's kind of how we was brought up yeah. to feel like that yeah. but then how what what do you think sorry I'm like spinning it around what do you think makes us feel like that like what what is it in life that makes us feel like we can't say because I don't remember my mum saying oh you can't say that about yourself like what is it do you think that makes us believe that well it's actually from society's conditioning from a very long well period of time that women are supposed to act a certain way look a certain way 
there's so much influence on what women should be or what they should say or what how they should act we're actually trying to undo as modern women all of what has been done like if we look at our our nans and our mums they're very different to our generation and the younger generation will be different to us but we are trying to undo long years of conditioning really and programming in our mindset and I think at the end of the day it may not even come from parenting it's like remember growing up in school and how you felt about your body and what you could and couldn't say or how you should be as a as a young girl there wasn't the same amount of options was there I mean we do live in a society now and remember we were always men's possession at one point yeah even from like young like when they used to like pull your skirts down and stuff yeah in school like just things like that like you'd be so upset if someone's done that to your little girl now wouldn't you because it's whereas back then it's probably just like one of them things just get on with it yeah and I think if you think about the the mother role as well like I don't know if you get this Ella but I sometimes get this oh I should be you know better at cooking as an example or I should I should (laughs) be prioritizing my family at this point not myself or it might be I uh, I should do the house more but I'm also running a business and I've got XYZ on. So we are constantly like this push and pull feeling of the traditional things that we're meant to do as mothers, wives, partners, etc. To then this, actually, I'm spinning a thousand different plates at the minute. On average, women are actually spinning about 10 plates. Yeah. Like if I said to you, okay, Ella, how many plates are you spinning? And you said, okay, um, I've got my family, I've, I'm a mum, I've got my job, I've got my partner, I've got, I don't know, you're studying like as an example. And then I went, okay, that's 10 plates that you're spinning right now. Go into the kitchen, get 10 plates out of the cupboard, go and spin them. What's going to happen? Like they're all going to smash on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, they're all going to crash. Because that's literally what we're trying to do. So I think you feel guilty for not doing certain things when actually you just need to really look at, okay, we've only got 100% battery when we wake up. I mean, not mums, definitely not. We probably have past 70%. But like how can you use that 70% like in what areas you can't use it on everything it's not possible but anyway I'm going off on a rant (laughs) I always do that (laughs) like probably most of the questions we've answered today I end up going on to something else I do it all the time I feel like so many of us do that (laughs) but do you feel that push and pull yeah definitely like even today so I've had no like no one here today I actually didn't do anything and I thought you know what I'm just gonna literally I went to the cafe had breakfast um I did have to do my cat sitting and Mm. yeah whereas I come back and it was quarter to one like before this started nice and I was like oh I really should do some housework really because I haven't got anyone here do you know what I mean like just little things like that and in my head I was then getting guilty I was like oh really I could have done so much this morning so I just sat there and watched telly but then at the same time, I knew I needed this morning to just breathe and just yeah. be selfish and just have to deal with it tomorrow because 
I feel like sometimes I just kind of get myself worked up like I think oh Tom's gonna get the ump because I haven't done this just can I add he never gets the ump because I haven't done anything it's literally in my head like and I put pressure on myself and I'm like oh I'm meant to be this amazing housewife like getting married next year (laughs) gotta be a good housewife and I'm just like who am I doing that for like Tom doesn't give a shit um the kids are happy like they don't care if every bed's made and everything's tidy like if anything they probably prefer it to be the opposite like, I'm literally putting pressure on myself. For what reason? Like, yeah. I'm just making myself so stressed and anxious and angry. For what reason? It's like just society because I'm meant to be this amazing housewife that can juggle kids, job, partner, like everything. I should I should be able to juggle it because everyone else did. And I think, sorry, I'm just going to carry on just real quickly. I think a lot of it with me is is that my mum was like super mum and I always find myself comparing I want to be like my mum because I love my mum so I love my dad as well like it sounds really bad but like my mum was literally like super mum and I'm like I really want to be that for my kids I want to be this laid-back mum that didn't really get the ump like I don't really remember her getting the ump that much whereas I, 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 I get the ump quite a lot and I feel like I I'm always comparing myself to my mum, which I don't think is very healthy because we're two very different people. We've got different lives. We've got different circumstances. And, but in my head, I'm just thinking she done that with four kids and I can't do it with two. Do you know, do you know what I mean? So then I put a lot of pressure on myself and I know she'd listen to this and she'd be like, why are you doing that? You'd be stupid, but you do, didn't you? You kind of, if you've got a role model that you look up to and you really aspire to be like, you put pressure on yourself to be like them. But it's not always possible because you're not that person. You're a different person. And I do that all the time. Yeah, whenever you feel like you're comparing yourself to someone, just look at them and say, what can I take from them that I love about them? And what? how can I implement that into myself? Rather than going, what you're not doing, you see the mindset shift as in your yeah. instead of comparing yourself to your mom actually look at the attributes that you love about her and how you can then take action and integrate them into your own life and if you can't that's okay too but you can be in awe of someone and yeah. but not have to compare yourself necessarily to them because they also you know your mum grew up in a different time yeah she didn't have the same distractions there's a lot more emotions that we have to deal with as well in in the modern age so I wouldn't give yourself a hard time it's and maybe your mum just didn't show it and maybe your you know, yeah. one of the great things about you, Ella, is that you do share in that you are so open and honest and people love that about you, which is why I wanted you on the podcast as well. So, and maybe your mum just didn't have have that side of it. The older generation kept things under wraps. It was like, oh, you don't speak about that. You don't speak about mental health or you don't speak about your emotions. You just yeah. get on with it. That was the mentality. So you're comparing yourself to something that is just so different in different circumstances yeah that's true that is true what would you say to your younger self looking back knowing what you know now um I would say that I would say that life is not gonna be exactly what you plan because every child has a plan 
and what the grown up life is going to be like. Um, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be like, but once the hard parts have passed, because there will be hard parts regardless, the ups will be so worth it. So just hang on in there because it will get better. That's what I tell myself. I'd love that. I actually love that. <laughs> and there's actually a question which is quite similar um, that I ask every guest at every interview, which is how have you turned your pain into purpose? So I would say I've turned my pain into purpose just by putting my pain out there to help others. Um, so, Amazing. yeah, so just like, for example, like I done a real yesterday on domestic violence, just a quick short one. And I had someone message me like 10 minutes later saying that she's had to um, leave her abusive partner, but she still is in love with him. And how does she get through this? And just like having people reach out to you after seeing just something you've put online, hoping that it's going to help them. It is an amazing feeling because it makes you feel like everything that you've gone through even though it's horrific and you wouldn't wish it on anyone, it's helped other people and hopefully will help them and stop people from going into that, into that position as well. So yeah, I would just say that that's the way I've been putting my pain to purpose, just trying to help others. Love that. And I love that about you. Well, thank you for being an amazing guest and sharing your story (laughs) um, to help other women as well. And I want you to come back to me with five things like, in a few days, you're like, right, I am give, this, this, give this, me a this, year. this. <laughs> Might have to write on Google, what's good about me? <laughs> I, bet, I bet that is a Google search term. <laughs> it definitely will be. I'm going to start it if not. <laughs> I know, but thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed thank it. Thank you. This is the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please subscribe, download and leave me a review. If you learned something new or just really enjoyed this episode, then why don't you share it with others by screenshotting it and sharing it on your stories. And don't forget to tag me so that I can see it. If you're interested in life or business coaching with me or any of my programs, then please head to www.charlottejonesy.com for more information. Hope to speak with you soon. If not, I will see you in next week's episode. Lots of love. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.